What's going on, Coastal? How are you guys doing today? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're joining us. Can you guys help me give a big, huge welcome to our Lighthouse Point location right now? Come on, everybody. Man, we love you guys and everybody that's watching online. We're so glad you're joining with us today as we are in week four of a series we're calling I Need a Miracle. And so why don't you go ahead and grab those notes that are on your seat and take them out. Get ready to take some notes that we think is an important habit to develop in your life that you uh, take notes on a weekly basis because what we've been doing in this series is we're not just trying to help you uh, get a miracle. We're trying to help you develop the habits that are necessary so you can actually sustain the miracle that God wants to do in your life so it can be in your life for the rest of your life. And this week, I was just doing some research and I found a really, really interesting fact. Did you know that a hundred years ago in America, only 7% of Americans brush their teeth? Aren't you glad that we can change some habits in our world? Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad the person next to you brushed their teeth this morning? If they haven't brushed their teeth, you can just be like, you nasty. I don't know. I'll just... But our word for our church this year is this word, health. And we've been, we've been really diving into this because we think it's important for us to become the healthiest church in South Florida. And, and what that means is that us as individuals, we gotta become the healthiest people. So that's not just a physical thing. We're talking about emotionally. We're talking about relationally. We're talking about financially. We're talking about spiritually. That we've gotta be healthy in all of these aspects of our life. And so we're dealing with these subjects and series all throughout this year because out of this word health, it really came out of a scripture in third. John 2, that, that I've been praying over you guys, where he says, dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. And so we've been talking about the fact that if we're going to enjoy good health, if we're going to be the healthiest people we can possibly be, it starts and it begins in the soul of who we are. And so if we don't get things right spiritually, it doesn't matter if we make all these other peripheral changes because at the end of the day, the inside of us is messed up and the inside is always going to impact and affect the outside of what's going on in your life. And so what we've been doing throughout the series is we've been studying the habits that Jesus actually lived because if we want to see and experience miracles, we should probably look at the person who helped uh, do a lot of miracles, who is a living miracle with his life, Jesus. And we've said throughout this series, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you actually have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And so it isn't just a good idea to admire him from a distance. It's like, no, no, no. What did he do while he was here on this earth? What are the habits that he formed that he made a priority so that he could experience and be the miracle for other people? And we've seen throughout this series, we talked about that we've got to slow down in life. Like we, we, in week one, we talked about slowing down. Then week two, we talked about getting alone with God. It's that personal relationship, quiet time. It's that you communicating with God. Then last week, we talked about how Jesus surrounded Surrounded himself in community and how there's power with community in your life. And so this week, if you want to experience a miracle, here's what you have to be. You have to be spirit-led. 
You want to experience a miracle in your life? You've got to be led by the Holy Spirit in your life because the Holy Spirit will guide you, will direct you, He will fill you, and He will empower you by His Spirit. And listen, when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, honestly, people get all weird about this subject, particularly because they've seen Christian television and people on Christian television are weird. They've watched YouTube videos and there's weird stuff on there. Let me just tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not weird. What you see up there on those screens or all those people, those are weird people doing weird stuff. It's, that's not God because God is not Weird, And so I want to demystify the Holy Spirit for us today and talk about what it means to live a spirit-filled and a spirit-led life. And the best way that I could think about this was uh, about seven or eight years ago, I had the opportunity to go on a missions trip to Africa for the very first time. And while I was there, we were, we were in uh, Zimbabwe doing some work, planting some churches and different things. And, and we had a free day. And so they took us to Victoria Falls, uh, which is one of the seven wonders of the world. It's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. It's mind-blowing. And while we were there, I was with one of the missionaries. And he, he told me, he's like, man, they have bungee jumping off the bridge that goes across Victoria Falls. It's actually between Botswana and Zambia. And you can bungee jump off there. And he's like, we should go do that. And I was like, man, that sounds like a great idea. And so we go on this bridge and we're in kind of no man's land because it's no country actually owns this bridge. And we walk across this little house shack thing that was on the side. We walk inside and there's like 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids that are running this business of bungee jumping off of the bridge. And, and they, they start asking for some really pertinent information. They ask like, hey, how tall are you? Like, how much do you weigh? Like, this is an important thing, ladies. This is not where you lie about your weight in this moment. They, they, they ask, like, what kind, of, what, kind of, what kind of spring back or what kind of jump do you want to have where how much, how much retention or rebound do you want to have? And, and because I'm white and I can't jump, I'm like, give me the most rebound that I can. You know, I want to I feel that experience. And so we do all this stuff. They calculate in this little shack like the, the, the right bungee that you're gonna use to jump off. And, and soon I discovered why they calculate that because the bungee is not a rope, it's just a bunch of rubber bands tied together. And so I, I walk out there, I, I'm, I'm in line, I'm waiting, and, and I start thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a second, I just went with a bunch of 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds to a country where I know that they have about a second grade education. I just gave them really, really important information that is going to calculate what kind of bungee I should have, how far it's going to go. And then I thought to myself, I'm going to die. Who, who led me to this decision? And by that time, I was at the, the line and I was like, well, I'm here, so I guess I better jump. And as soon as I jumped, I regretted that decision. Anybody ever made a decision? You're like, I regret that immediately because it, it is a long way down. And it was a long way back. It was, anyways, it was a long. And I was thinking about that today because I was questioning my decision. And, and it made me think, like, what is leading or what is guiding your life? Like, what are those things? Who is that person? What is that influence that has got in your life? Because whether you realize it or not, we are all being led by something. But my question is, is what is leading you and what is the destination that it's taking you to? 
And is that a destination that you actually want to be at in your life? Because what is guiding you is guiding you to a life. And the question is, is do you actually want to live that life? And I want to challenge us here today, church, everybody at Lighthouse Point, I want to challenge us to reassess if there is a better way than maybe we've been taught in this world. Like, and I believe that there is a better way, and the better way to be lived and to be guided and to be directed in life is through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit isn't some thing that is out there, it's actually a person. Like he is a person, he's actually the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It isn't some just weird mystifying thing. The Bible actually tells us that when Jesus went to heaven, he says, I will send you a helper to help you. Like there is the power of God that is here to help us in life. And it doesn't matter what your denominational background is. It doesn't matter what your church experience has been. I wanna introduce you to the role of the Holy Spirit in your life and show you how he played a role in Jesus's life. So Luke chapter three, starting in verse 21, it says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. So right at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry, what do you see him doing? You see him getting baptized, which by the way, if you have not been water baptized, we have water baptism coming up on March 12th and 13th. I wanna encourage you to take that step of faith. It's, it's really what it is. It's, it's a it's an outward display of an inward decision that you've made. It's telling everybody, listen, there's been a transformation on the inside. Now I wanna show everybody from, from the outside of what has happened to me and I'm a brand new person. And so Jesus displays this. And if Jesus displays it, I think we should probably do it. So he says, and he was baptized. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Now, you may have seen pictures of this or you may have been in a Catholic church where they, they actually show a physical dove coming down. That isn't what the Bible says. It says it was like a dove, which in other words, it's saying it was this gentle, beautiful moment where God was coming down and, and, and filling Jesus with God's presence. And then it says this, a voice came from heaven and says, you are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. Now, why is that important for us? Can I just tell you today, if you've ever doubted your identity and who you are in Christ, you need to get as close as you can to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always reassure you of who you are because there is a lot of the world today that is telling people who they should identify as, what they should be, who they should become. And there is, and listen, a lot of people out there are confused right now. And the reason they're confused is because they're listening to all the wrong voices. But there is a voice that is out there that wants to empower you and wants to speak to you and wants to change you. He wants to let you know that you are made in a man or a woman, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are the head and not the tail, that you are above and not beneath. And everything he wants to put your hand to, he wants to prosper. And some of us need to get a hold of this today. And so Jesus has this moment where he experiences the Holy Spirit. And then very next chapter in verse one, it says this, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. He's full of the Holy Spirit. Now he was God. So you're like, well, he always had the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. He's showing us what is possible for our lives. It says Jesus full of the Holy Spirit left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. So not only has the Holy Spirit descended on him, now it's filled him and now he's being led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he fasted and prayed and then he was tempted by the devil. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm fasting 
and I'm praying for 40 days, and the devil's coming to tempt me, you better believe that God better have told me that because I will quit in like day two. <laughs> like just, just for real, right? Like if, like if God has not said that, like I'll give up. But, but Jesus is led in the wilderness, and I think this is important to understand. The Holy Spirit did not leave Jesus to a resort where he experienced prosperity. And some of you, this is going to mess with your theology because you've been taught things like, well, if something tough or something difficult or something bad is happening, then God must not be in it. When the reality is, is that the Holy Spirit actually led Jesus. And we don't understand that in difficult times, you might not be experiencing uh, what God can do through you, but you're always experiencing what God is trying to do in you. And in those difficult moments, what God is trying to do is he's trying to cultivate some things so that eventually he can do some things through you, but it starts in you first. And so if you're, if you're going through a difficult season right now, church, no matter where you are, embrace that season because God is building up some character. He's building up some traits that you're going to need for the next season of your life. And then he, what happens is he comes out of the wilderness and just, just like when you come out of your prayer closet or when you finish your quiet time or finish reading God's word, he comes out in verse 14 and it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the entire countryside. And so what happens is Jesus goes to the synagogue. He pulls out the scrolls to the, uh, of Isaiah. And he begins to, to read from these scrolls. And really, he's reading a prophecy that was foretelling about his actual life. And this is what it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And he, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He's basically saying, listen, there's something that's gonna change when the spirit of God comes on your life. And I just want you to know, church, that when you leave this service at the end, I believe that when the spirit of God comes on your life, things are gonna change transformationally. Like he's gonna begin to do some things in your life that you've never experienced before and it will change and it will transform you because not only are you not gonna have to do things in your own power, but all of a sudden you're gonna have somebody that's so much more powerful leading, guiding, and directing you because he's gonna fill you, he's gonna lead you, and then he's gonna empower you to do the things that he's called you to do. And so Jesus right here, he's given us an example, a model to follow in life. So if we wanna discover and learn the habits of Jesus, here's a couple things we have to learn. Number one, we have to realize that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, I think you need to be too. Like if it was necessary for God on earth to have a supernatural power in his life, I think that this is not something we should exempt ourselves from in life. If God was perfect yet still needed power from ahead, why don't we need it as well? Like Jesus needed it for the ministry that he was called to do. And there are things that are in front of you that are so big. There are businesses that God has called you to build. There, there are employees that God has called you to lead. There are families that he has called you to start. There are children he's called you to raise that are so much bigger than your capacity is. And it's big for you, but it's small for God. And if you would just let God empower you and fill you, it would change everything. And that's my prayer for you, that you would understand the importance of being filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is crucial 
Like Jesus did not start ministry until he had the Holy Spirit in his life. And listen, I don't want you to serve on a dream team. I don't want you to lead a connect group. Shoot, single people, I don't even want you to get married until you have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life because you only experience success when you have the power of God in your life. I wrote it down like this. If Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit, what makes us think we can live independent of him? Somebody needs to hear that again. If Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit, what makes us think we can live independent of him? You need the Holy Spirit in your life. Well, TJ, I can go to heaven without the Holy Spirit. Sure you can, but you can't make it through the line at Walmart without him. (laughs) Come on, somebody, we know that that's true. Listen, you try to do anything significant in your life without the Holy Spirit, you'll live a tired, you'll live a deflated, defeated life. And that's not the life that God has called you to. God has actually called you to a life of victory. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, do not get drunk on wine. Talking to some people that were at the club last night. (laughs) It's right here. (laughs) Don't worry, you don't have to identify yourselves. We saw your bloodshot eyes. Why does he say don't be drunk on wine? Because he's saying, like, listen, there are some things in life, there are some substances, there are some things that can control your life. And, and, and what happens is, is you get drunk, you let something else control you, what it leads you to is it leads you to debauchery. Where you get to this place where you live a lifestyle that you don't really want to be in. And let's be real, we've all had those moments where we've had too much to drink, and then, and then we're, we're after the next day, we're like, what did I do? I feel so terrible. Like, why did I make that decision? I'll tell you why, because something was controlling you. Let me say it this way. The wrong thing was controlling you. And then he says, instead. So he's saying, listen, there, there is another way. And here's what I know is that so many of us, the reason we're letting those other things control us is because there's an emptiness that's in our life, or there's some sort of pain that's in our life that we're trying to escape from. And we're thinking, man, if I can just escape from this or if I can just fill my life here, then I won't feel void. The problem is, is that it always leaves you, leaves you wanting the next day. And, and, and God is saying, listen, there is a different way than the ways that you've been choosing. There's a different way than just a little bit more food or a few more drugs or another drink. There is another way. He says, instead, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be filled with the spirit of God. He gives us an alternative and says, you want to live a life of power? Let something control you that is more powerful than you. You need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the disciples were continually filled with the Holy Spirit. How is that possible? Because I'll tell you how it's possible. This life will drain you. This life will will literally suck the life out of you. Can we all agree that this life sucks at times? Figuratively and literally. Like it just does, and it will leave you tired and worn out. And it will just continually do that. I know know from my own life, I I almost wake up every day and go, God, I need more of you. Like yesterday, I barely survived. Thank you for your faithfulness. Like, feel me again today. Because I've got to understand that there's something inside of me and there's something inside of you. And so here's my question. What has filled your life? What's filled your life? Are you full of anger? 
Are you full of bitterness? Because something is filling your life. Maybe it's busyness. Maybe it's stress. In fact, I, I have some, some ladies here. We got some bottles. Come on up, ladies. You're the next contestants on The Price is Right. <laughs> and uh, here, come on over here. I got a little X there for you. X marks the spot. I love it. And so, so what, because here's what I know, is, is these two bottles, like, let's just look at these real quick. Like, they're, they're seemingly the same. I ripped the labels off of them so you wouldn't know what they are. But they're, they're, both, they're both bottles. I mean, they both are the same exact thing. And so what happens is, is that all of us, we come into church, and here's what we do. We put on the facade, and we act like we got it all together. Like, I'm perf- like, I know how to play this game. I, I know how this game works. And the game is, is like, man, I walk in, hey, how are you doing? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored. God's good all the time. And all the times, God's good. Like, you got all the lingo down. Stop it, please. And so we come in here and, and we, well, you don't have to do that yet. Man, you guys are overachievers right here. <laughs> And what happens in life is, is that life starts to shake us. And we all get shook. There's not a single one of us that was exempt in 2020. You can start shaking now. Shake it, shake, shake it. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. And what happens, sorry, outcast. Uh, <laughs> can't help myself. What happens is, is, is life happens, right? The economy crashes. A, a, a virus hits us like we've never seen before in the entirety of humanity's history. Uh, you, you lose your job. You get that diagnosis from the doctor that you weren't expecting. You roll into work and you find out that your best friend at work turned their back on you and stabbed you in the back. And now everybody in the office is against you. And what's happened is eventually the shaking begins to get, get to you. And what happens is, is, go ahead and open those. She did a really good job of shaking. What happens is, is this is what a lot of our lives look like. And you know it's true. Because when you got shook, some things came out of your life, and you're like, where did that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. It came from what you filled your life with. Like, why did you spout off at your spouse? You're like, man, I didn't see that coming at all. Of course you didn't, but you've been filling your life with some things that created that in your life. Notice that But both of these things were full. Just one of them was full of the wrong thing. And here's what I've learned. Whatever fills your life will lead your life. Thank you, ladies. Let's give it up for them. Listen, whatever fills you will lead you. So if you're full of anger, you know what's going to lead your life? Anger is going to lead your life. If you're full of insecurity, you know what's going to lead your life? It's going to be insecurity. If you're full of bitterness, you know what's going to lead your life? It's going to be a bitter life. Because what fills you leads you. So Jesus, his first experience that we see is he goes, man, he gets filled with the presence of God. Number two, Jesus was then led by the Holy Spirit. 
Now, this is important because it, once you experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit, now you can actually be led by the Spirit of God. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. This is awesome because we realize that there is an opportunity for our lives to be led by the Spirit of God. That's why I just told you, whatever fills you, leads you. So if you realize your life keeps heading in the wrong direction over and over again, instead of going, man, I must be in the wrong direction. Like you got to start saying, man, what am I filling my life with? Because if I don't like the destination that I'm going to, then I've got to realize that it's something that I'm putting in my life that is taking me to that place. And so maybe I need to redirect my life and I need to fill my life with something different than I'm currently filling it with so I can experience all that God has for my life. I can actually get to the place where I uh, uh, achieve the assignment that God has for me, the purpose and the plan. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, it says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. And somebody needs to hear this today. You aren't supposed to do everything you feel like doing. You aren't. Not everything you feel like doing. Well, TJ, it just feels right. Just because it feels right does not make it right. It says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. And listen, when you're led by the flesh, I'll just tell you, it's always gonna lead you to destruction. So what is the solution? What's the solution? He says, don't be led by your flesh, but he says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. In other words, you don't have to sit there and wonder, why am I doing all this? Am, am I making the right decision in life? No, no, no. If you are living a spirit-led life, you will realize that God was involved and he's directing your steps no matter what is happening, no matter what you're going through. And here's what I've realized. Being led by the Holy Spirit will not always make sense, but it will always make a difference. Listen, it's not gonna make a lot of sense, but it will always make a difference. And so you'll start doing some things that don't make any sense. You'll be like, why did I just give that money away to that thing? Like, why, why am I thinking about this business idea that I've never thought of before? Like, why am I giving up my Saturday or Sunday to serve other people? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, where do those thoughts, where do those ideas, where do they, where do, like, why am I thinking about sending that encouraging text to that person I haven't texted in a long time? Where did that come from? If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you'll start being led by the Spirit of God and you'll start doing some things you realize when you start to do them that God's hand is on your hand in that moment. What the world would call that, they would say, oh man, that's a coincidence. You know, it's a coincidence that you texted me in that moment that I needed somebody to encourage me. No, no, that wasn't a coincidence. That was the Spirit of God leading you to do that thing. And I've just learned that, man, God, God is speaking way more than we're listening. The other day I was in uh, Carmela, right down the street here. Uh, I was having a meeting with somebody and, and we, were, we were finishing up. I was putting my stuff away. And right when I was putting my stuff away, I, I sit in the seat so I, I can have a view of everything that's going on. I, I'm just weird like that. I want like the power position in the room. And so I, the door opened up and immediately I, I pop my head up and I look and this guy walks through the door and he locks eyes with me. And I'm like, oh man, I don't have any idea who this guy is, but he apparently knows me. And he makes a beeline right to me. He's like, hey, Pastor TJ. I'm like, hey. Hey, man, come on, everybody. You know what I'm talking about. You don't know somebody's name. You're like, buddy, bro. You know, like you're just trying to come up with something to, to get the conversation. And, and uh, 
he immediately sits down in the chair next to me. I did not invite him to sit down there. He just, he just assumed that it was his turn. I don't know. And uh, I was like, I guess we're having a conversation. He goes, he goes you're never going to believe this. I said, hit me. Not literally, <laughs> figuratively. Just defining that here. I know we got translation going on for some, some Portuguese-speaking people. So, uh, <laughs> He goes, man, I, I, I got up this morning. I was, I was having this terrible day. And as I was, as I was coming here to get some coffee before work, he said, I just prayed to God. I said, God, I need a sign that you're real. And I walked in and you're right there. You're my sign. I was like, I'm not sure about that, but. <laughs> but we talked and I ended up praying for him. And I'm just telling you, man, God, God, is, God was directing his path. God was leading him that morning. God had led me to set up that appointment that knew that I would be there right at the right time. Like, that's not coincidence. That's the providential will of God that that, that encounter would happen. And, and this isn't like a one-time thing. I, this happens in my life all the time. I remember a couple of years ago, we were at this conference, and we were getting ready for an evening session. We were at our hotel room getting ready, and uh, I, just, I just bought this, this watch at the time, which was a really big deal at the time. It was a really, really nice Nixon watch. And, and I was, we were getting ready to leave, and I just felt like in my spirit that God said, hey, go put your Nixon watch on. I'm like, that's a weird prompting in my, inside of me. And I, I thought to myself, well, I, I went back and I put the Nixon watch on. We go to this conference. We have a great evening session. Afterwards, Shayla and I, were standing down front. We're just talking to some other pastors and people. And this guy walks up, and um, as we're in, he was a brand new church planner out in California, in Orange County, California. And he walks up, and we start having a conversation. He looks down at my wrist, and he goes, man, that's an awesome watch. I, that's my dream to have that watch. And, and I heard God just say, that's his watch. And I was like, no, that's on my wrist. <laughs> it's not his watch. It's my watch. And as we continued to talk, I, I just felt like God was like, no, 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 that's his watch. And I remember taking it off and handing it to him and saying, man, God, God wants me to give you this. I ended up running into him like two years later. Um, and he came up to me and he was like, hey, you'll, you'll never know. In that moment, I was like, I was on the verge of quitting the church planning thing. And the encouragement that gave me that, that God cared enough about the insignificant things of my life. And I'm just telling you, church, God wants to lead and guide and direct you to do some incredible things. And the question is, is are we listening to his voice that's trying to lead us and trying to guide us in life? So we've got to be filled with the Spirit. We've got to be led by the Spirit. There's a story that I read this week about Solomon Ginsburg. He's an evangelist in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He was based out of Europe. He was actually a Messianic Jew and a uh, he started traveling the world and preaching the gospel. In 1911, it says this, he decided to head to America. His route took him to Lisbon, the capital of Portugal. From there, he would cross the Bay of Biscay to London and from London to the States. When Ginsburg arrived in Lisbon, he had become a bit apprehensive about his travels. The bulletin boards were plastered with warnings about storms raging on the Bay of Biscay. He was advised, given the potential danger, that he should delay his trip to London for one week. He began to pray about it, and as he did, he began to mull over a verse of Scripture that he'd read earlier in the day from Deuteronomy 2, 7. It says, The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched 
over your journey. And in those moments, Ginsburg felt a sense of reassurance that he was under the divine protection of God. And so as he traveled, he boarded the ship at once. He crossed the Bay of Biscay without incident and called a boat called the Majestic in London. And the rest of his journey to the United States was as smooth as could be. And then only after arriving did he learn that had he delayed his trip in Lisbon, one week that the ship that he would have boarded to go from London to America was the Titanic. Because he was listening to the Holy Spirit, because he was in tune and was led by God. I wonder if there are disasters that God is trying to help you avoid if you would just heed his voice. I wonder if there are relationships he's trying to put in your life if you would just heed his voice. I wonder if there are businesses that he's trying to begin in you if you would just heed and listen and be led by his voice. So what do we do? We get filled with the Spirit. And then we're led by the Spirit. And then number three, Jesus relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Jesus returned. This is after baptism. This is after he comes out of the water, leads him into the wilderness. And, and it says the, to Galilee, in, in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the entire region. Then in verse 18, it says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And I want you to know today, church, God has anointed you. He's called you to something significant with your life. The assignment that God has on your life is so big. But how do you experience it? You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I think it's so important for us to understand this. I, let me just give you a little bit of theology here because Jesus did all of these incredible miracles and he was, the Bible tells us that he was fully God and he was fully man at the same time. So how did he do the miracles? The theological idea behind this is that Jesus, when he came to earth, he self-limited his ability and his power. Let me explain it to you. Like one instance is, is that uh, God is everywhere all the time. Like the idea is that he's omnipresent. But we know that while Jesus was here on this earth, he is in one place at one time. Like he wasn't in multiple places at the same time. He self-limited his power. Uh, another instance that we know is, is that God is all-knowing. Like he's omniscient. He knows everything. But the Bible tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. So like Jesus self-limited some of his divinity. So what I'm a firm believer is, is that Jesus operated the miraculous out of his humanity, not his divinity. Now, now, why would Jesus do that? Because if he operated out of his divinity, it would be admirable, but it wouldn't be replicable for us. And so what Jesus is doing that, the life of Jesus, we, it isn't that we look at him and go, wow, that's awesome, but I can never achieve it. It's, it's that we look at his life and we go, wow, I see what's possible for my life. That's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And the next word is critical. It says, then. So he got the power. 
He got the Holy Spirit. It says, then Jesus went around doing good and healing all of those who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. What do we see? We see God and Jesus operating and showing us a life of what is possible when we submit ourselves to the Spirit of God. When we surrender ourselves, that's why Jesus said it like this in John chapter 14, verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And when Jesus went to the Father, what he said is he said, hey, listen, here's what I'm going to do. When I ascend into heaven, if you'll wait and you'll receive, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you the power of the Holy Spirit that will live and dwell inside of you and will change everything about you. And if we can now, because he has sent us that helper, we can be filled with his spirit, we can be led by his spirit, and when we approach obstacles, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome and walk victorious in every situation. And I want to see that in your life. I want to see that in your family. I want to see that in your business. I want to see that in your children. I wrote it down like this. God has given you access to all of the power you need to do everything he desires He wants you to have a healthy marriage. He's going to give you the power. Singles, he he wants you to stay pure. And I know it's hard. He'll give you the power. He wants you to break free from that addiction that has held you hostage for so long. He'll give you the power. How do you get it? You get it by being filled with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and operating in the power of the Holy Spirit in every aspect of your life. Gerald Hawthorne says it like this, not only is Jesus their savior because of who he was and because of his own complete obedience to the Father's will, but he is the supreme example for them of what is possible in human life because of his total dependence upon the Spirit of God. Jesus is the example because he lived a life of total dependence on God. So practically, what, is, what does this mean for our life? Like, how does this practically apply? Because this is great theology lesson and information. And here, here's how it applies in my life. And here's the prayer that I pray every single day. It's my daily prayer. God, less of me and more of you. God, less of me and more of you. God, less of me and more of you you how can we be filled with the holy spirit some of you are going to be like well tj we got the holy spirit at salvation yes you have the holy spirit but the holy spirit doesn't yet have you because a lot of us we we've invited god into our lives but we've we've kept control of a lot of areas of our life like he's he's in the house but like any guest in the house like, I, when I'm a guest in your house, I don't just go bust up in your bedroom, right? Like, that room's off limits. Like, I don't just don't go grab anything out of the kitchen. That, that's off limits. If I'm invited into those spaces, I'll walk into them. The difference, there's no difference with the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman. And because we've kept control of so many areas, what happens is when life starts shaking us, things come out of us, and we go, where'd that come from? And what do we do about that? I'll tell you what you do about that. You begin to surrender. 
You want to know how you get filled? You begin to empty yourself of the wrong things. And I think this story is the perfect picture of it because this story is the, from the very beginning, what is the beginning of the story? Is Jesus going to be baptized? And what is the idea behind baptism? It's this idea that I, I've lived a certain way. I've had these certain ideals. I've had these certain values. And, and, and what I'm doing is I'm saying this old life that I've lived, the old things that have filled me, the old things that have led me, the old things that have guided me, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put them down into the water, and I'm going to let those things go away. And I'm going to rise out. I'm going to rise out new. I'm going to rise out fresh. I'm going to rise out empty so that the spirit and power of God can fill me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Because a lot of you guys are asking the Holy Spirit to fill your life. The problem is, is you're too full of yourself right now. And he can't occupy a space where you're too full of. He's, time, he's saying, man, it's time for some of you to surrender, to empty yourself and say, God, less of me, less of me and more of you. And when you do that, watch how it begin to bring breakthrough in your life with nobody moving around for a second i know there's people that are volunteering here i want you to stay right there in your seat just close your eyes right there where you are in your seat and say to god god reveal some things in me right now what are the attitudes what are the struggles what are the addictions what are the things that i'm too full of myself where what is the pride that i'm too full of right here in this moment god less of me and more of you Right there in your seat, say, God, less of me and more of you. God, Lord, we empty ourselves and we surrender. And surrender is the pathway to the filling of the Holy Spirit. And God, as we empty ourselves, God, you can have every part of me. You can have the good parts. You can have the difficult parts. You can have the great parts. I surrender my will. I surrender my way. Fill me with your spirit. Lead me by your spirit. Empower me with your spirit. Just where you are, right where you are, with your eyes closed. If you just put your hands out like you're, you're about to receive a gift. The Bible says that the son asked the father for a piece of bread. The father would not in return give him a stone because if he did, he would be a mean father. How much, but the, 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 it says, then he says, how much more will the father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So it's just one ask away, just one prayer away. God, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Less of me and more of you. God, I pray over your church right now that we would be filled with the Spirit of God and that as we walk out of here, the Spirit of God will be in every decision that we make, in the way that we parent, in the way that we deal with conflict, in the way that we treat our spouse, in the way that we drive in traffic. Lord, let us be people that are filled with your Holy Spirit and led by your Holy Spirit, when we face obstacles, let us walk in the power of your Holy Spirit to overcome whatever we're dealing with. Fill us with your Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's one more group I want to pray for here. And there's those of you that don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know that that's why we did everything we did here today at church. We really believe that God brought you here today to give you a fresh start and a new beginning. And it starts with surrendering your will and your way, surrendering your life to Jesus. In fact, the primary work of the Holy Spirit today is to lead people to Jesus. And what he's doing in your heart right now, you feel that tug and you, you feel like, man, there's got to be more. God has to have something more in my life. But your sin, your mistakes, your past has hold, held you down. I want you to know that that's... It's okay because Jesus is the answer.
He's the answer. And it starts with surrender. It starts with a simple yet significant prayer of saying, you know what? Not my way, but your way, God. I'm going to surrender my will and my way to a better way. Because of the sacrifice that your son made on Calvary 2,000 years ago where he gave up his life so I could experience life and have it to the fullest. If that's you out there today, whether you're watching online or in Lighthouse Point with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, you know what, Pastor DJ, I need, I need to surrender today. I need to, I need to rediscover that relationship or I need to get that relationship for the very first time. If you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip those hands up. Yes, sir. I see you. Thank you. Yes. Two, three, four. Yes. Five. Yes, sir. I see you back there. Six. Yes, I see you back there. Anybody else? Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. If you'll just pray this prayer in your heart, say, God, thank you for loving me so much that you would meet me at this moment, that you brought me here on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. And today, God, thank you for sending your son to pay the price that I could not pray. God, I ask you to forgive me of my past, heal my present, and secure my future. I give up my will and my way. God, fill me with your love, with your joy, with your peace, with your patience, with your kindness, with your goodness, with your mercy all the days of my life. Help me to follow you. Fill me with your spirit. God, let me be a spirit-filled, a spirit-led, and a spirit-empowered person all the days of my life. I surrender to you, and I love you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, 